Hey, this is Sandra. This is Jess. And this is Emily. And you are listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, welcome to the big one, the bits episode. Um, Hopefully this episode will be more fun than last oh episode. No. I just realized that I'm doing the summary, which is not to say that I did not prepare, but in the time between me preparing and now, I forgot that I was doing this. <laughs> I was about to say, didn't you ask earlier today if you were doing the summary? Uh, you know what's funny? I will say this before I get into the summary. I'm a huge Love Island fan, and one season, season four, they talked about doing bits, which is like Mm -hmm. doing sex stuff. This would be a great episode for me to have found a fun way to talk about doing bits in the bits episode. I didn't. I was not that clever. How dare you, Jess? Uh, It was kind of fun. Okay. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) I'm going to edit it. So you just say, that's cool. That's and I say cool. thanks. <laughs> That's cool. There you go. You have the perfect clean audio. Clean okay. audio. Okay. Are you ready, Jess? <sighs> yeah. Count okay. me in. We'll see. Three, two, one, go. College acceptance letters are coming, but Kirk is a terrible mailman. Luke's changed his menu to please Nicole. Three new salads. There's a speech competition for the bicentennial. Brad's back. Rory and Paris go head to head and eventually both win. Suki's pregnant. Jackson panics. Three strokes in the DAR, but Richards comes for speeches. Lorelai runs into Max. Paris has sex with Jamie and wants to girl talk with Rory. Lorelai eavesdrops. At the bicentennial, Paris didn't get into Harvard, but has a breakdown at C-SPAN. Max and Lorelai kiss. Rory gets into Harvard, but what's next? I don't know. Wow, that was amazing. You have, like, four seconds to spare when you finished. To be fair, you did not mention the Monte Cristo sandwich. <laughs> oh, you failed. I mentioned I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a pretty clear pass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> well, <laughs> I succeeded. Hooray. Good for me. Uh, and let's jump into this week's references with Sandra. Weekly references with Sandra. Okay, so for references this week, I want to focus on women that have been referenced in this episode. I, j- I just kind of feel like women need a shout out right after mm-hmm. this episode. Uh, so first up, we have Mary Martin, 
And she's mentioned when Paris is being Paris towards Brad. Um, and she says, sit down, Mary Martin, because he stands up. So Mary Martin was an American actress and singer. She was the muse for both Rogers and Hammerstein. Um, and Yeah, right? And is most well known for playing Maria Van Trapp in the stage production of The Sound of Music and for playing Peter Pan in Peter Pan. Um, and while she played Peter Pan, she had a very short boy cut. And truthfully, her and Brad look very similar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is probably why Paris made that comparison. So a fun fact about Mary, there's a Peter Pan statue in Martin's hometown of Weatherford, uh, Parker County, Texas, dedicated to her. It's very cute. Um, And I love that back in the day, Peter Pan was just played by women. I think it still continues to this day. that like I know that there are are men who play Peter Pan, but mm -hmm. like the role... He's such, like, a sprightly little guy. It makes sense to have a lady play him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but next up, we have Cheetah Rivera, who is also mentioned by Paris. Again, Paris is a big Broadway nerd, apparently. Um, to Brad, but as an insult. But this is one cool lady. Um, she was born... And I'm sorry if I butcher this. <laughs> this is Spanish, and I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Dolores Conchita Figueroa del Verrero. Rivero, maybe. Um, Anderson. <laughs> now, the Anderson <laughs> okay. part is actually her mom's maiden name. Um, so they tacked on the maiden name at the end. And she was actually the original Anita in West Side Story. Oh. Velma Kelly in Chicago. And wow. the title role in Kiss of the Spider Woman. She is a 10-time Tony Award nominee, having won three of them, including one for Lifetime Achievement. Hot damn, girl. Yeah. She's the first Latina and the the first Latino American to ever receive the Kennedy Center honor. And she's also a recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So she's actually been in countless stage productions, mostly on Broadway. On Broadway, not off. uh, (laughs) Including Guys and Dolls. Bye Bye Birdie, Chicago, and West Side Story, as I said before. Just to mention a few, um, a fun fact about her is that she had a cameo in a very famous movie last year, and that was Tick, Tick, Boom, <gasps> um, that starred Andrew Garfield playing Jonathan Larson, who Love wrote that movie. the play Rent. It was a very good movie. It made me cry a lot. So Aww. much. Um, but it was beautiful. She appeared when it was like the legends um, coming up. And uh, she was awesome. So, but lastly, the last woman I want to focus on is Ruth Reichel. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who is mentioned by Suki, uh, who apparently gave her four stars, which I would assume is very good in the cooking world. Um, I assume so. Mm -hmm. Sure. So Ruth is an American chef, food writer, and editor. In addition to two decades as a food critic, mainly spent at the Los Angeles Times and New York Times, She's also written cookbooks, memoirs, and a novel. So she's, she's doing stuff. But she's known for her ability to make or break a restaurant. With her fierce attention to detail, she has won acclaim with both readers and writers alike for her honesty. And through an outsider's perspective, she harshly criticized the sexism prevalent towards women in dine-out experiences. 
as well as the pretentious nature of the ritzier New York restaurants. Um, so fun fact about Ruth is that she used to wear a disguise while reviewing, which included mm-hmm. wigs and makeup um, mm. to look like an old lady. And her persona was called Betty the Bag Lady. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but those were my women that I wanted to focus on this week. And up next, we have a book. Finally, it seems like I feel like we haven't gotten a book in a while. With Finally. Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. With Emily. Yes, this week. So my issue this season has been there's blink and you miss it books. And so I'm like, hey, guys, I'm doing a movie. And Saunders like, but this book was in there. And then I feel like an idiot that I should be looking for this. And I miss <laughs> oh it. Oh, my gosh. Thankfully, that does not happen because, again, as I mentioned earlier, my favorite scene of this episode is the cold open where we have two girls in the living room reading books. We don't really get a good look at Rory's book, um, but Lorelai is very clearly on the couch reading I'm with the band, Confessions of a Groupie. So this week we are going to do a deep dive. You guys might remember this. It's been mentioned before. We have had reference to it in the series. We had the former spouse of uh, Michael Debar on the deep fried Korean Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in the episode of, I think it was Lorelai Out of Water when they're setting the band is setting up the garage mm. where he calls Lorelai Pamela Debar mm-hmm. uh, because well, Zach's being creepy. Um, but this book is written by Pamela DeBar. So it's a 1987 memoir of her life as a former groupie in the 60s and 70s, 70s, leaving home right after graduating high school. So again, 18, possibly 17 years old. Uh, they keep pushing the age back for when you can start school. So I'm going to hope she's 18 when she leaves. But she leaves home, she heads to the Sunset sunset Strip in L.A. and starts knocking on backstage doors. Fully immerses herself in drugs, sex, and rock and roll. She has affairs with Mick Jagger, Rolling Stones, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, Keith Moon from The Who, Jim Morrison from The Doors, Jimi Hendrix, and Don Johnson, pre-Miami Vice. (laughs) And she gives them in detail... She travels with Led Zeppelin, turns down a date with Elvis Presley, and is close friends with Robert Plant, also Led Zeppelin, Graham Parsons from The Birds, Ray Davies from The Kinks, and Frank Zappa. She also tells the story of being a member of the GTOs, Girls Together Outrageously, which was kind of a passion project for Frank Zappa. They had one album that he did produce uh, that didn't get a whole lot of attention she kind of got it just being right place at the right time but so she leaves home when she's 18 by the time she's 21 in the book she has had her heart broken so many times that she is ready to settle down i love that this woman had like this whole life from 18 to 21 and meanwhile i was like in my college dorm watching how i met your mother like that's what i was (laughs) i was watching vampire diaries yeah sounds about right Okay, so by the time she's 21, she's ready to settle down, and the book ends with her marriage to Michael DeBar and the birth of their son in 1978. She says when she's 21, I am sweet, delicious, and a juicy 21. Somebody claim me. Well, I mean, that's the way to go. Imagine just tweeting that out. Right? (laughs) 
Oh my god. You certainly could. <laughs> you certainly could, yeah. No, I deleted my Twitter. Um, <laughs> after its initial publication in 1987, the book was out of print until 2003, and then an anniversary edition was released in May of 2018. It was very well received. It was described by Kirkus Reviews as a classic amount of rampant narcissism among guitar egomaniacs. New York Times said it was the brightest, sexiest, funniest current outpouring of groupie literature. Andrew Ferguson from the Wall Street Journal called it a vulgar kiss and tell. Um, it has been attempted to be adapted into a movie multiple times. Ali Sheedy, uh, as in Allison from The Breakfast Club, your goth girl in The Breakfast Club, optioned the rights in 1988, trying to play the role of Pamela. Uh, in 1995, producer Bev- Beverly Cam, sorry if I might be came, C-A-M-E-H-E, um, she proposed to make a movie starring Drew Barrymore. And, oh, she and, would have killed that. Right? Yeah. Oh my god, she, she would have been amazing. Um, and then in 2002, Pamela and Allison Anders co-wrote a screenplay together for a Star's cable channel. Unfortunately, none of them ever came to fruition. Um, it is believed that Cameron Crowe, the creator of Almost Famous, might have gotten some inspiration for the character of Penny Lane from Pamela. Um hmm. But great movie. It is a great movie. Main inspiration seems to be actually come from Pen- Penny Lane Trumbull, who was a socialite at the time, and then also maybe a little bit of B.B. Buell, who, by the way, is the mother of Liv Tyler. You might oh. know Liv Tyler as her father, Steven Tyler. <laughs> you won't... <laughs> Wait, Emily, her father? Yeah, you won't know you Liv. Might... Or you from... might know her as, you know, Arwen yeah. from this little indie... Not not the new one on Amazon. I can't decide I want to read this book and I know I want to read this book. Um some a lot of the reviews on Amazon are actually really great that it was a really interesting book. There have been a uh couple that are just kind of like she claims to be the original groupie, but honestly it just feels like a teenager with horrible self confidence and is basically using sex to make herself feel better, mm. which I makes mean, me sad. Also, call it what it is. It's a teenager with yeah. a whole bunch of older men, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, it's it was a situation where she was probably taken advantage of several times. Oh so. yeah, a lot of this book came from the uh, journal she was writing in at the time. So she started a journal right after leaving high school. So a lot of her stories are coming from that journal. Mm-hmm. So. From the reviews, it sounds like that there is a very, I don't know if abrupt, but there's definitely a shift in tone into how the book was written and how it reads. Like, it kind of goes from a very immature feel to a more mature feel as she's getting married and having a kid and wanting to settle down. Um, So you can kind of see, like, where she kind of draws that line of sex to make herself feel better and in a relationship, starting a family, more grown-up feel, I guess. Interesting that they included this book in this episode, specifically. Right? I feel like this entire episode is a shout-out to You're Horrible If You Have Sex. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, (laughs) that was I Am With The Band, Confessions of a Groupie by Pamela DeBar. The, as far as I know, the last mention of her in the series, but we We will find out. Keep an ear up. (laughs) <laughs> and after that, we have Fashion with Jess. Making 
fashion choices, making fashion choices, making fashion choices with Jess. Well, for as much as happens in this episode in terms of character development and uh, emotional trauma, uh, not a lot of fashion. Uh, not a lot of scenes, so I do want to focus on a few little details uh, of fashion, costuming, um, decisions that were made. And the first thing that I want to mention is a couple episodes back, Rory had curled her hair, and it was mm-hmm. great. She had this great curly hair, and Louise has some really great curled hair in this episode. She does. And it's really fun to see because um, I feel like a lot of the time we see like side characters kind of look the same all the time. At one point, Louise did have a bad wig. Yeah. <laughs> but we've we've moved past that. But I just really like this. Madeline usually has curly hair, but it's fun to see Louise trying out a different style. I think it's really fitting on her. Do you think the curls are like indicative of adults, right? Like, every time they kind of, so far, put Rory in curls, it's, like, to make her seem a little bit more adult. And Louise here is literally, like, showing off a hickey. Like, is yeah. she trying to be, like, the bad girl, the older Maybe. girl? Maybe. I mean, I, in my head, I always think <laughs> Shirley Temple <laughs> when I see curls. Yeah. So I always think young. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it totally could. The next thing I wanted to point out is um, Suki has a really great shade of lipstick on in the scene where all of her food has been sent back. And I just wanted to call this out because I feel like we don't see Melissa wearing like bold makeup very often, but it's such a pretty look on her. It plays really well. She's got a, a red bandana on. It makes her look so put together. It's like, where is this Suki all the time? You know, like, it's just interesting to see what made her decide today I'm going to get all dolled up. That is a Maybe Taylor she had a little red. Pregnancy hormones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that she doesn't know about. There are a couple of outfits that Lorelai wears that I think are worth mentioning as a whole. And the first one is the Friday night dinner outfit that she wears when it's just Rory, Lorelai, and Ed, Ed, uh, and Richard. This is also the outfit she's wearing when she runs into Max the first time. And this is kind of a fun outfit because she's got, it's really hard. You have to pause it at just the right moment. She's got this skirt that has like a scalloped lace edge detail, kind of like a brocade pattern on it. Uh, And then the other outfit that I want to call out for Lorelai is the other outfit that she wears when she runs into Max, which is also the outfit she wears to the speeches. And I feel like this is a kind of maybe a divisive top. I like it. I don't think everybody will like it. It's this blue uh, v-neck with kind of a bell sleeve, and it's got this big applique right on the bust, right at the V. Um, and it's almost got like kind of like a baby doll peplum effect where it flows away from the body. I think it's really cute. And she wears it with a long, dark skirt. It almost looks like a dress because it's really dark at Chilton at night. They mm-hmm. really don't pay for lights when they don't have to what do you guys think of it i will say out of all your divisive sweaters or suki coats that we have (laughs) had in the past this is the one i agree with you on i really like it i think finally (laughs) yeah i like it the the rose embroidery whatever it is is the applique whatever style 
And I feel like the neck is almost too wide. Like it 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 comes almost off the shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish it it was a little more narrow. Um, well, it scoops really low in the back too. Weirdly, it's got like a boat neck in the back. This is the kind of top that is always really frustrating to wear because you're like, I can wear a regular bra. But then the entire time you have to balance your bra strap on like the edge of your shoulder drives me crazy. But I do think it's cute. I guess it's the right kind of shirt to wear if you're going to kiss your ex-fiance. And then I did want to... Rory wears a dress for her speech. It's an extremely Rory dress. There's a weird pink sash She's got, a, like, a fishnet cardigan over top of it. It's very Rory. I'm going to skip over it. I want to talk about Paris. Because Paris specifically talks about what she's wearing the day that we see her uh, having her phone call with both Charleston and Rory. Because this is the night that she and Jamie have sex. And when she's talking kind of afterwards with Rory, she says, I wasn't even wearing anything that appealing. And I think that if we look at what she is wearing compared to what we have seen Paris wear in the past, so she's got this, I think it's really cute. It's a long sleeve, dark kind of sweater with a white collar, and it looks like it comes down and has a zipper. A Mm -hmm. zip front sweater feels very sexy to me for Paris compared to what we have seen Paris wear at the dance. What we have seen Paris wear going out to concerts, where we have referred to her as kind of having mature style, older style, dressing like an adult as opposed to a teen. I think Paris looks great in this. And it makes me sad that Paris doesn't have the self-confidence to see herself in this and be like, yeah, I look totally bonable. <laughs> I really like her it's hair very, there. very khaki. It's brown mm-hmm. and khaki. There is a khaki pants going on. Well, I think that they're, like, either khaki pants or, like, a gray, like, sweat lounge pant kind of situation. Uh, I, I I will agree with you. The, z- the zip-down sweater, just for some reason, just feels incredibly sexy. Especially on Paris. It looks great mm-hmm. on her. Um, She's normally then, zipped up. <laughs> I do want to mention, just last, uh, I'm beyond my time, but I want to mention Paris's outfit that she wears to this speech. Um... Because this is, like, the greatest change that we have seen in Paris. This is so real. This is a girl who is struggling. This is a girl who does not know what her life is going to be. Didn't brush her hair. Threw on a sweater. Threw on some sweatpants. And still showed up. Because I think that's something we have to give her credit for. She still showed up. Yeah, I feel like she did. (laughs) So, yeah. That is fashion. Justice for Paris. Um, a few little bits of bobs here and there, but can I kind of mention um, Paris's second sweater, the blue one? I own mm-hmm. that exact sweater. Pretty sure <gasps> I've worn it on the podcast, like when the three Ooh. of us. Like that is a sweater I have. <laughs> but that was fashion, and up next we have Star Solo Speaks. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day 
at sax.com. So first up, we have a couple of comments on our episode, uh, on our Instagram post for That'll Do Pig. We have Sarah Tonin said, as a Midwesterner, the outfit choices on TV shows in winter is offensive. Nobody would dress like that in real snow. Yes. As a yeah. Midwesterner, I thoroughly <laughs> agree with you. And I think I think we talked about it in the episode mm. itself, too, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I think I was offended. <laughs> it drives me crazy every time I see Lorelai in a vest and a long sleeve because I'm like... And gloves. It's so much colder than that, but that's fine. Yeah. I went, I went outside with Charlie in, like, high 40s today for her to play outside and had, like, a fleece jacket on that still wasn't warm enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also from TK on the same post, she says, Ugh, Francie. I find her scene so unpleasant to watch because of how unnecessarily mean she is. Always. I can't think of another major recurring character on the show that is just always mean, with no character growth or sympathetic moments. Good for Rory standing up for herself, at least. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Francie yeah. is a prop here. Yeah. She's just a, a means to get Paris and Rory angry at each other. Didn't we almost try to, like, anti-towns person Francie? <laughs> Sucky person of the week or something? She was that pretty awful. Week. Also, is TK a first-time commenter? I don't feel like I, I don't recognize... recognize that name. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, so thank you for commenting. And if you have commented before, then we're sorry. No, we're just so excited <laughs> about you. Keep commenting. Yay! <laughs> Uh, we also got some comments on our previous episode of um, of Face Off, the hockey episode. And Give Me My Coffee says, Jess was pushing Rory away because he has abandonment issues from both his parents. That's yeah. an interesting point. Uh, his mom is, well, his mom is Liz. And Jimmy either left him as a baby or at 18 or at 16. We really don't know. Right now, but right now mm-hmm. it's at a uh, the baby, I believe, is canon to where we are right now. So and when uh, he shows up, yes, yes, and yeah, I mean, <sighs> Jess is a traumatized kid. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. he has some trauma there. Um, but we also put up a post for this episode, um, for the big one, and we got Katie who says. I got the good kid is so problematic, especially in light of storylines in later seasons, which is something to be said. Um, We know Rory is kind of a cheater and she likes getting involved with people who are married or engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I mean, to be fair, Paris turns into a bit of a cheater as well. Not as bad, but. No, no well, comment. I mean, and it's <laughs> yeah, the goodness or badness is has nothing to do with sex and has everything no. to do with decisions. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, we had some more comments about this episode. One from Talking Fast Podcast who said, "Everything about this is unrealistic." Rory got all acceptance letters. I mean, Lorelai does have a stack of small envelopes, but who would turn Rory down? She's Rory Gilmore. I mean, you do occasionally see the person in the mail who got, or in the news, high school student got accepted to seven Ivy Leagues. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I got accepted to all my uh, colleges. 
what I think talking fast might be indicating is getting them all at the same time because yeah. my yeah. god they took weeks they, in between yes gosh can you imagine if every college got together and sent out their acceptances all at the same time post office would go crazy that would be yeah. wild <laughs> uh we also had a comment from sylvia sylvian la wow i am so sorry um We've had people write in to tell us phonetically how to say their names or their, uh, like, Instagram handles. So please, write in. Tell us what to say. (laughs) Um, Who says, Paris had a mental breakdown, which doesn't help. So this is the mental breakdown during the Harvard interview. We haven't heard about it yet. We have not heard about it yet. Okay, we haven't heard about it. I think it might be in the next episode. I, I feel like it's soon, but Paris mentions she's like i've been going i've been listening to my recording and like plays it back Mm. but it's when they're talking about her not getting in yeah because we don't know why she hasn't gotten in apart from at this point it's because she had sex which is absolutely not the case uh and we also had a comment from ink and ivy who said yeah very much hate the sex shaming in this episode agreed if you tuned in last week and heard us talk at length about being a sex positive podcast you know that we very much agree uh don't take a shot every time we say sex because you'll be dead if you like <laughs> listening back to that last episode or even this episode at she this says point, at the like... end of the episode <laughs> <laughs> at some point we have to have an episode that is actually a safe drinking game because if you took a shot every time we said don't take a shot you would also be in trouble <laughs> Yeah, um, but thank you everybody for writing in yes thank you yeah and to close up the episode let's talk about coffee so we do have a couple luke scenes but no coffee in them um lorelei however goes to friday night dinner with coffee mm-hmm. yes. and then later on she grabs some coffee and meets up with max so Lorelai had two cups of coffee. Rory had none. No cup of coffee for Rory. And I'm going to attribute it to, like, Chilton. We had a lot of Chilton this week. We didn't have Rory at Luke's, really. Um, we have mostly no evening episodes. Mm. Yeah. So. And Rory doesn't seem to drink as much coffee in the evenings as Lorelai does. Nope. But guys, that was the big one. Like we said last week, it's just kind of a problematic episode, especially in... 2023 which is what this year is because we're definitely not recording in in, in the past um <laughs> and i usually skip this episode i know emily you said you don't skip episodes i'm I a big skipper um this is on my list i'll play yeah. it out yeah i i don't know how i yeah i'll play it out more out of laziness than anything <laughs> not even really a great one to like go to sleep to there's no like nice Gilmore ASMR in this one. It's all tragedy. Yeah. But yeah, that was our episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, I was Jess. And I was Emily. And I was Sandra. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Instagram or Twitter at town meeting pod or if you'd like to send us an email send it to town meeting pod at gmail.com 
And if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks and support the podcast, find us on buymeacoffee.com slash town meeting.